Hi guys, welcome to Hex Podcast number eight. Um, as you know and probably can hear my voice, I'm Phil, not Russell. I'm a lot more manly voice than Russell has. Um, he has he was on that yoga retreat with me and he's got injured from doing a, um, a technical movement. So he's actually laid up in bed at the moment. Um, I am, as you know, the code of Hex and um, I've invited today my very special friend Bianca, who I train with on a regular basis. Um, but apart from being a very good athlete, she is also a London-based wellness coach and personal trainer. Um, yeah, we've trained together for the last three years. Um, she likes pushing it to the next <laughs> level um, and keeps on my toes. Uh, Bianca, do you want to give me some background about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, so, my name's Bianca, as we know. As we know, That's good everyone start. knows that. Um, my, well, I'll say my, it all started my how I sort of fell into wellness was a bit of a weird route. So my degree is in psychology. Um, I then specialised in pain, fear of pain. Um, did a lot of work in that field of researchers in that field, and then went into the working world and somehow found myself in the world of IT. So I spent a number of years working in the city, um, very much burning the candle at both ends, working round the clock. Um, sort of just my only goal was to hit deadlines, hit targets, do as well as I could to sort of obtain success and what my vision of success was at that point in my life. Um, and that came at the compromise of everything, um, my health, my mental health, my physical health. I was drinking most nights, I was smoking, I wasn't training. Um, and after a number of years, ended up getting really ill from it, as you would, from stress and from the unhealthy habits I'd picked up to cope with the stress. Um, so I took some time out, about a year and a half, went travelling, travelled the world on my own, did a lot of meditation, nice. did a lot of, I wouldn't say finding myself, um, yeah. but more so just... A pilgrimage. Yeah, kind of. Why not? Why not? Let's go with it. But more so just sort of learning about what I wanted from life. Um, came back to London and decided that I would sort of try this new avenue that I wanted to explore, working with people with their well-being, became a personal trainer. Um, but for me, with my degree being in the more psychology side of things, wanted to go down the more mental well-being as well as physical well-being route. So started then doing development coaching with private clients. Then when COVID hit, started doing corporate well-being, corporate coaching, um, dealing with sort of stress management, lockdown, dealing with isolation, productivity, that sort of thing. Um, and that's sort of how I spend my time really, as well nice. as training with you. <laughs> so that, that industry has grown quite a lot, hasn't it, over the last, say, yeah. five, ten years? Yeah. Um, what would you think your career would be like if it was, you were like back in the 90s? Was there much about this based around fitness? I think what we struggle with and we still get really wrong is this mentality of all work, um, no rest, you know? Like, yeah. I come up against it with clients all the time. People had this idea of success and this success being this external value and this yeah. external anchor point and when I have this I'll be happy, when I have this house, this car, this job title, this relationship um, and they don't realise that 
they'll get there and the milestone changes. Yeah. And then it's, oh, I'll be happy when I get here. And again, and again, and you repeat this cycle and you never find that happiness, right? You're never satisfied. And I think we are still stuck in our ways of this constant search for something to mm. be happy and this sort of fight to the top. And we don't take our recovery seriously. We don't rest. We don't stop to appreciate what we have right now. Yeah. And I think... Living in the present. Exactly. And I think in all the way through time, especially now, it is starting to change, but it's, there's still not enough emphasis on it. It's not about how hard you work. It's not about working 20-hour days. It's not about sort of beating your bodies into the ground. Like it's about living a balanced lifestyle and really finding what that balance is for you so you can be as healthy, so you can optimise your life, you know? I suppose that those, and that as well, kind of those help each other out, those factors. So if you're working less, but you're happier, you're going to be probably more productive in your work yeah. and everything you do, isn't it? Yeah, because you're going to be motivated and you're going to be efficient with your time. There you go. I do like that, Nathan. Interesting. Just the camera, man. I have more opinion. <laughs> I was asking for you. What are you in the background? <laughs> we will go on to um, a little bit more about your, your specialities and what you do. Um, so, give me some knowledge bombs about people's sleep, recovery, because obviously that's kind of, um, I keep seeing it pop up in the media um, on like podcasts, on um, in like newsletters, on Instagram about yeah. how now people are now thinking about how sleep's important. Yeah. Even though that's kind of been everyone's down from since day one, haven't they? Yeah. But I think people are just now, I don't know, getting a just it's all come out again, isn't it? In the wash. Yeah, I mean, sleep is a key pillar to well-being. It's a, it's fundamental to your health. Now, I know from my own experience, I, I someone say unfortunate is someone who can have three to four hours sleep a night and still function really well the next day. I can still train. I can still do everything on my to-do list. I can mm. still engage in good conversations, you know? Like, that's what I did when I was in the city for three years. And yeah. I never once really, at that point in time, felt like I felt the ill effects of that. However, what we've learned now through recent research and studies is it's not just about the short-term impact of that sleep, it's the long-term impact. And on the long-term, even if you can function on a psychological level the next day, yeah. you're gonna increase your risk of cancers, your risk of heart diseases, your risk of Alzheimer's, your risk of dementia, you know? You're gonna increase your risk of obesity. Um, obesity's risen by 40% since the 60s, you know? It's a real crisis we have going on now. So, so is it that thing where you're, if you don't sleep enough, because obviously you'll wait more, you're more hungry? Well, that and also, so what we have, what happens when we have a lack of sleep is we increase our levels of cortisol, which is our stress hormone, right? Now that cortisol will interfere with our other hormones. So we have two main hunger hormones, our ghrelin and our leptin. Now ghrelin signals when you're full and leptin when you're hungry. Yeah. And what happens is when our cortisol is high, it throws the ghrelin and the leptin out of sync. And so therefore we don't know our correct cues. So we will overeat and then obviously that will then lead to putting on weight. But also the elevated cortisol results in us feeling stressed. And a lot of us, when we're stressed, Stressy. sugar. Yeah. And we want that comfort food. So not only are our hunger signals out, but we're also craving more sugar. So it's sort of lose-lose. The Hex Podcast. Also, what do you say about kind of keeping the um, like routine, your sleep patterns? Yeah, so this is something I get a lot, right? And I say to clients, 
You wouldn't drive your car into a garage at 90 miles per hour yeah. and expect just to stop and there'd be no damage done, right? It's exactly the same as when you go to bed. You can't live your day at 110 miles per hour and then go to bed and then be confused as why you're not just falling asleep. So it's about putting proper routines in place before you go to sleep, that's sleep hygiene. So it's things like caffeine. Caffeine has a half-life of five to six hours, a quarter-life of nine to 10 hours. That means it stays in your system for that amount of time, right? So when are you cutting off your caffeine? Blue light, again, it's triggering your system into this fight versus flight. It's making your brain be alert and awake. And then you just switch off and expect your brain to go to sleep. So how are you avoiding blue light? So the whole phone for bed is up. Phones, TVs, laptops, bright lights, you know, all of it working late it's also things like alcohol people say oh yeah i have this with clients all the time i'm gonna have a glass of wine to help me get to sleep alcohol is a sedative mm. it's not helping you sleep it's sedating you yeah. so actually one glass of wine has been shown to decrease the quality of your sleep you actually wake up more you just don't remember it and then again it throws your cortisol levels out the next day so, so in terms of the alcohol and other like, of things is that kind of your REM sleep is it, you can't go as deep when you're yeah it's, it affects your REM sleep um, but it also just it throws the whole cycle out so it's just yeah. it's not an ideal an ideal solution lot, obviously a lot of people out here um, say I've had a nose drink last night and I just woke up feeling quite fresh and must have really deep sleep yeah but just because you don't remember it yeah it exactly memories, it? Um, and I'd say like when it comes to your sleep people are so quick with anything in well-being mm. people are so quick to want to take shortcuts People want quick fixes, right? So they'd rather take the supplement than eat the vegetables. They'd rather take the supplement than engage in the correct behaviors to help them sleep. They'd rather do the crash diet to lose the weight. Really They'd rather do the ridiculous training sessions for 12 weeks rather than do a consistent session for the rest of their life, you know? It's all about these quick wins and society doesn't help that. We live in such a constant instant society now. Swipe right and you can find your partner. Mm one button and a burger's on your door, you know? One click and your car's there to drive you somewhere. Everything is instant, so we've forgot what it means to work for something and to actually put, give yourself full effort on something and put that effort in and be, find something that will actually benefit you long term and is sustainable. Not just this quick win and then you have it and then you're worse than when you let off, you know? Um, and I think that's what we really, really struggle with is actually just sort of long term, 1% every day, not a quick win, not a fad, actually yeah. just having to put the work in and 80% of the time putting that work in and then feeling the benefits forever, effectively. I think it's like obviously just social media just smashing with these quick kind of solutions, isn't it? Yeah. It's all false. Yeah. And like, for example, like these love island people, making all like, the youngsters think that it's just easy to get money and, get, and fame and that's yeah. what's healthy in the world and totally it's just society's full I of I mean so, social media in general right like there's so many benefits of it and it's a great advertising tool and it's great marketing and like it's a really powerful way to communicate and there is a lot of benefits and I'm not someone that hates on social media whatsoever yeah. but it is a constant argument I have with clients is and it's not just social media it's it's a social media, so self-comparison and comparison yourself to others is something that so many of us are guilty for so much of the time, right? It's like, 
that person has a better relationship than me. That person has a better job than me. That person is stronger than me. That person is going on better holidays than me. Now, all social media does is make it easier for ourselves to compare to others, you know, because it's Stay always up, there. Yeah. Um, and so I have this conversation with clients all the time and I say, you have to be like a horse with blinkers. And you just have to worry about getting from A to B, and that's your lane. And you can't be distracted by anything that's around you because it's irrelevant. It doesn't affect your journey, it doesn't affect where you're going. You know, like life doesn't happen in this chronological order. It's all different for everyone. Everything happens at different stages. Some person will have, have the best time of their life while the other person's having the worst. So you have to forget this comparison. Like it, it, it's actually so irrelevant. Mm. As soon as you let go of what other people are doing, your life is so much more enriched because you put that energy into yourself. Well, so you'll never see like the, the best bits of everyone's... Yeah, exactly. You're not seeing their struggles, are you? So. You're not. And actually, it's just like... I say to clients all the time, like spend less time editing your photos and more time editing your habits. How much time do you waste thinking you don't have enough? thinking that you're not strong enough, fit enough, rich enough, whatever, and not looking at what you do have. And if you're not happy with what you have, that's also fine, but how do you change that? Because you can, but you have to put that energy and time in. So ignore everyone else and look at yourself, and then suddenly the fulfillment comes. Good tip. Probably one of the most interesting discussions I've heard in there the entirety of, of the podcast. This is actually <laughs> super good. I really like you're listening to the Hex Podcast. I reckon uh -huh. we should move from that onto um, the stress management and overtraining side, as you sure. kind of briefly touched yeah. on that. Yeah. So um, obviously London is a high-flying city, and uh, people work long hours and try to fit everything in, yeah. socialising work and, and sometimes training, mm -hmm. like trains, but the friends and colleagues we have who, who do have these high-flying jobs and try to fit in their training sessions, mm -hmm. um, how would you say, what would you say is wrong with that? I mean, if we're talking about stress and stress in general, right? So yeah. stress is now the biggest killer globally, the biggest proxy killer globally. So stress is related to everything. Stress actually, once upon a time, was something that worked to our advantage. Without stress, without cortisol, we wouldn't be here, okay? So I say to people, think of cortisol as a double-edged sword. Now, if you don't have enough cortisol, you're not motivated to do anything. You're not motivated to get a job. You're not motivated to go to a gym. You're not motivated to hold good relationships. But too much cortisol, and it actually inhibits you and becomes something that's detrimental to your health. And unfortunately now, where we're at in society, there's a plethora of stress sources everywhere, and it's so constant. What's, what was once an evolutionary advantage has now been, become something that is actually holding us back and making us ill. So we have to take a step back from that, you know? We're constantly in the sympathetic nervous system. You've got your sympathetic and your parasympathetic. And the sympathetic nervous system, this fight versus flight. So we've constantly got higher cortisol levels, elevated heart rates, um, our breathing isn't of quality, you know? We're, doing, we're binge eating, we're not sleeping well. We're engaging in behaviors negative to our health to try and forget about the stress um, and we're losing that balance and unless we gain control of our stress and start using our stress to our advantage again we're going to become ill so is there a problem with holding down a really high pressure job 
a social life and a training program? Absolutely not. But you have to find what works for you. If you think of those things, I say to people, think of it as a triangle, right? You have your career, you have your relationships, your social life, and you have your training and your physical well-being. Now, you, your point in that triangle is going to be different for everyone, depending yeah. on your priorities. It might be at one point in your life, your priority is your career and your training. Fine. It might be another point in your life, your career is your social life and your training. Fine. It doesn't matter where that point is for you, but you have to learn that you can't do all three all of the time and be super successful yeah. at any of them. You become ill. You're asking too much of yourself. You can do all three to a high standard, absolutely. I'm not saying you can't, but you have to find that balance. There's only so many hours in a day. So stress, cortisol, you know, we have to learn how can I use this to my advantage? How can I use this to motivate me, my performance, whether that's at work, whether that's in your relationships, whether that's on the gym floor, but how most importantly, can I learn to manage this so it doesn't make me ill? And things like management in terms of identifying you are stressed and overworked in certain areas of those, those, that triangle, yeah. what else would you say would help with stress? The number one, and I believe this comes down to any issue you're having in, yeah, in any area is awareness. If you don't have awareness, then how can you change something? You don't even know what happens, right? So it's like this feedback loop in, in your brain and like, the way I feel is, do you have your amygdala, which is the region of the brain that's involved in like fear and pain and love? And I think of that as your little brain manager, okay? And then you have your hippocampus and that's your decision making. And then I, I say that's, that's, your office, that's your office manager, right? And then all the other neural pathways and cells, they're your office workers. So if your amygdala, your security, is on high alert the whole time because you're constantly in this sympathetic nervous system, this fight versus flight, He's going to send signals or notes to your office manager saying, look, I'm really scared. They yeah. help me. And then he's going to send signals to all the workers saying, we're scared here. We're fearful. We think there's sort of impending doom. So it's very hard to then do anything efficiently or well because you're in this fight versus flight stage. Okay. So the number one way to deal with stress is you have to be aware because as soon as you build that awareness, that amygdala, that manager, he suddenly goes, ah, actually no, I don't need to be scared. I can feel these feelings. I understand what they are. I'm going to prevent this from going any further before I send the wrong messages to people. And the way you do that is as soon as you feel your heart rate starting to rise or as soon as you feel yourself starting to get angry or as soon as you feel yourself starting to get anxious, you go, hold on, I'm going to recognise this signal. Instead of allowing this to then turn into something bigger, and make me start panicking or making me feel overwhelmed, I'm gonna stop this signal right here. I'm gonna take a step back, I'm gonna calm myself down. Am I gonna go and do 10 minutes of breathing? Am I gonna go and listen to my favorite nostalgic playlist? Am I gonna go for a walk for 10 minutes around the block and get some fresh air? It's whatever works for you. There's no right or wrong when it comes to how you deal with your stress. Well, maybe if you're gonna go and get off your face on drugs, then there is a wrong way to deal with stress. So that's not technically true, but you know what I mean? Like it's whatever works for you, but you have to learn to deal with it. Because otherwise it affects everything. I think my main stress relief is fitness. There's always been fitness. So I always find myself more like the most stressed when I can train. I'm yeah. injured. And then uh, 
yeah, so that's quite relevant to me. And it's interesting, right, because often I'm sure you hear this a lot of time about overtraining and things. And a lot of time, it's actually very, very, very difficult to overtrain. It's very, very, very common to under-recover. So we have to look at this two ways. Training is good. Everyone should train in whatever form, whether you want that to be weightlifting, functional fitness, yoga, pilates, bar, like walking, running, cycling. It doesn't matter as long as you're moving. We are evolved to move. The only way you're going to break down this cortisol is by moving. You have to metabolize it. So I don't care what that exercise is as long as you're exercising. Um, but we also have to remember when we train, if we're training hard, we're releasing more cortisol into our systems. So we're going from this inflamed, highly stressed state and although cathartic at the time, and yes, okay, maybe it's helping us deal with our anger and our worries right then and there, we're still releasing more cortisol. So it's not therapy, you know? And that's what we have to be careful of. We have to use the exercise as a cathartic tool to help us deal with those negative emotions at the time, but also how are you dealing with those emotions? Because we can't out-train them. So there is something within that that's the crux of the issue that's triggering you. How are you dealing with that? And that's when it comes into that sort of mindset, mindfulness piece. So, yeah, so see that fitness is a distraction, but then you kind of need to still address the point. Yeah, exactly. Whether it be sleeping more or Yeah, exactly. Or exactly. What, what is that underlying feeling? Why is that there? And how do I deal with it? How do I address it? Because I can train and train and train, but if I'm just pushing an issue I have deeper and deeper and deeper, it's going to resurface at some point. Yeah, quite common. Very good. He looks so surprised, doesn't he? Very good. Just trying to, just trying to take in all the information. How long have we been going Amazing. for? Oh, 22 minutes. Um, shall we finish on positivity? Do you have it left? Yeah. Um, right, Bianca's been throwing loads of knowledge bombs at us. We've got about five, just under five minutes left. Um, so I want to finish on a high note in terms of Positivity and her best advice on staying positive. Positivity and staying positive. So, I am very, 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 very big on trying to apply a positive mindset to whatever you're doing in life, right? Albert Einstein, famous quote, okay? He said, there's only two ways to approach life. One, like nothing is a miracle, and two, like everything is a miracle. And I strongly believe in life, you have to feel like everything is a miracle. Um, and it is. To me, it truly is. However, I think we have to be very, very careful not to go down that toxic positivity route, okay? You do not always need to feel happy. No one, I don't care what social media says, I don't care what life coaches say, I don't care what anyone says, no one is always happy. It's not normal to always be happy, okay? So I think we have to be really gentle with ourselves. You're allowed to be grumpy, you're allowed to be sad, you're allowed to be angry. You can be anything you want, as long as you're aware of that and, un and you try and understand, why am I feeling this way? And then once you understand, why am I feeling this way? You can then work towards no longer feeling like it. I think, again, it's also really important to note your feelings aren't facts, okay? Your feelings are signals from your brain telling you one thing, and that is not necessarily true. So we sometimes have to take a step back from our feelings and just allow them to be there, question them a little bit, and then go, okay, I'm going to move on from this now, you know? If we put pressure on ourselves to think a certain way, we're actually often just going to do the opposite. If you think about it, if you were having an argument with your best friend, 
and they were shouting one thing at you. The last thing you would do if you wanted to resolve that argument is shout the opposite back. You would try and find a way to communicate with them effectively. Exactly the same with your feelings. If you're feeling really, really sad or really angry or really anxious and you're going, don't feel sad, don't feel angry, don't feel anxious, you're going to create what we know is cognitive dissonance. And this is this difference between, difference between what we feel and what we want to feel or what we've done and what we want to do, you know? And then that creates tension. So we want to try and mitigate against that and make that gap as small as we can. So if you're feeling really sad, go, okay, I'm feeling really sad. What do I know that I can do right now that usually help me, helps make me feel a bit better? And then it comes back to our coping mechanisms again. Um, as well as positivity, it is really important that we practice gratitude. We hear it all the time, right? Yeah. It's words thrown around all the time, but- Old journals are yeah, massive, it, aren't they? But you know, it is about what do I have as opposed to what don't I have? Because if we go through life constantly thinking we don't have enough, then you're never gonna have enough. You know, it's, it's what we call cognitive bias. Like you, you get and you become what you're searching for. So if you're searching for negativity, mm. you will get negativity. If you're searching for positivity, you will get positivity. Also, with like in the Western society, we kind of have everything on the plate. We sometimes don't think about how fortunate we are to live in this society. Totally. Uh, and I think we get a bit too greedy, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I think we just sometimes get caught up. We get caught up in the mundane. We get caught up in the little stresses. And quite often in life, it's not until something's taken from us that we learn to appreciate it. And actually, a lot of the time, it's about appreciating what you have before that's gone realistically what is more important than your health than the health of those you love you know and we don't want to wait until those things are taken or at risk and if anything that's one of probably the main things a lot of people have learned over the 18, yeah. past 18 months and it's really sad that it takes something that horrific to happen for people to learn that but it's something i come up against all the time it's like appreciate what you have bef before it's gone definitely i think obviously lockdown was quite an eye of most people just being yeah. kind of enclosed and isolated for everyone. I yeah. think now we are, well, I would like to think everyone's in a bit of a boom, in a bit of a high spirits, especially if you see a bar on a Friday or Saturday night at the moment, everyone's just, it feels like New Year's Eve every, every weekend. <laughs> but obviously it's gonna, it's gonna die out at some point. You've but, been um, going out more than I have. I'm just once. like, God, the gyms are busy again. <laughs> well, on Saturday, it was uh, an eye opener. Um, <laughs> It was very different, very uh, weird experience not being in that environment for a year and a half. Yeah, I bet. I think I'm going to go back to staying away <laughs> Stay from in the gym. crazy rugby <laughs> fans. Out of curiosity, Bianca, yes. you said you studied psychology in university, yeah. right? Yes. Uh, did you specialise in anything? Um, so I did a dissertation and research paper on pain and the fear of pain. And the it was one of the first papers to be about how the fear of pain actually affects how much pain we feel as opposed to being in pain itself. Um, and then I did a lot of work for researchers sort of in that field. So you mean you did uh, like behavioural psychology? Yeah, so I did um, psychology and neuroscience, so it was all about chemicals of brain and... No wonder, yeah. She uh, knows her stuff, yeah. Yeah, no, no, it was like I was speaking to a genuine psychologist because I used to like love wanting to study psychology so like hearing it from someone and like hearing the exact same words I'm hearing in like more psychology games is like crazy. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was super interesting. Oh, I'm glad. So I also want to finish the podcast by saying a, a massive thank you to Bianca. Um, we're going to get, hopefully, uh, get her into the gym to do a, um, a talk with a lot of the members um, later in the year. Uh, so what you just heard there is a snippet of what she can yeah. offer. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, but if any of you want any any other information um, about what Bianca's chatted about, 
then you can contact her directly. Yeah, absolutely. Bianca Arrigo Fitness. Yep. We'll put it on the little... We'll put it on Whatever this is going or, or, on. Or DM me uh, and I'll, I'll pass it over. Because yeah. I know a lot of you have um, been struggling with some of the issues we've chatted about today. Um, apart from that, thank you, Nathan. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, and, Phil. Um, see you later, guys. Cheers.